The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Good morning. My name is Terry Jank, and I'm one of the pastors here at White Ridge Baptist Church. And um, it is a privilege to be able to gather uh, this morning and be live with all who are joining us. Uh, Just uh, a note to say that uh, much of this service was pre-recorded and uh, we just needed to uh, guarantee that we didn't have 10 people or more, or more than 10 people in the building. And so we are grateful for all who have been partaking of this service. And I'd like to begin with prayer. Lord God, you said in your word that you demonstrated your love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we celebrate that incredible gift today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're, you were willing to go to the cross. Would you, would you bind our hearts to you, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit? Would you awaken in our hearts, O oh Jesus, the revelation of your love to each person that is sitting and listening or watching this service? We thank you, God, and ask you now to open up our minds and hearts to your word. In Christ's name, amen. I'd like to begin uh, sharing just a, a story that happened 70 to 75 years ago in the city of La Paz, Bolivia. And uh, it was during Easter week that it happened. And I was told this story uh, several years ago when we lived in Bolivia by a woman named Marina Goitia. Here's what she said. I remember an experience I had when I was 17 years old attending the Church of the Prado in La Paz. My mother and I had gone to a service during Easter week where Pastor Hillier was preaching on the theme of the text, he saved others, but he can't save himself. After the service, when we went outside, there had been a fierce hailstorm in all of La Paz that caused much destruction. There were hydro poles down, cables on the ground, and electricity was cut off in the whole city. My mother and I returned that night very moved by the message we had heard. We were walking up the hill toward our neighborhood of Miraflores, but as we walked, we encountered some soldiers who were commissioned to help people to return to their homes in the aftermath of this hailstorm. Some of the soldiers were even wrapping the bare wires on the ground to avoid the possibility of people touching live wires. And in this day, they were taking good care of us. There was one soldier in particular who was helping my mother and I. He would say to us, now don't step here and be careful of that cable and come over with me here. And in this way, he took care of my mother and I. How thankful we were. We arrived at our house safely, and we found that the housemaid of the owner lying on the ground, she was in shock, for she had touched some live wires, and someone had to pull her off to save her life. And about the same time that we found her, we heard a shout out on the street, someone yelling. I left my mom, and I ran down to the corner, and I heard another loud cry. It was the soldier that had helped us earlier. He had accidentally touched two wires together and was being electrocuted. His clothing began to burn, and so a woman that lived nearby took a pail of water and threw it on him. Of course, 
This just made things worse, and he died. I returned to my house very shaken, crying because of this soldier, for he had saved others, but he could not save himself. And the title of the message that evening came back to me. I was a believer at the time, but this message and the experience of that night impacted me so greatly. That was the story of Marina Goitia from Bolivia. Would you turn in your Bibles, if you have one, to Matthew chapter 27? And we're going to pick up the story of Easter, Good Friday, as Matthew tells it in Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to just jump right into the middle of the story where Jesus is hanging on the cross between two thieves. And in verse 38 of Matthew 27, it says, Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. The words, save yourself. Come down from the cross. How they must have echoed in the humanity of Jesus. Save yourself. Come down from the cross. I think as a follower of Jesus Christ, I wake up hearing the same voices many mornings. I wake up hearing the voice, save yourself. Come down from the cross. Don't live that way. Live for yourself. Don't take up your cross and follow Jesus today. Don't humble yourself. Don't serve others. But we know the whole story is that, though the verse 44 says that the robbers also hailed these insults at Jesus, we know Luke's account tells us more detail that the two robbers were not really the same in that way. In chapter 23, verse 39 of Luke, it says that one of the criminals said to Jesus that was hanged there definitely, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us too, he said. But the other criminal rebuked the first one and said, do you not fear God since you are under the same condemnation? We indeed are justly receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then this man turned to Jesus, hanging on the cross beside him, and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied and said, I say to you today, today you will be with me in paradise. I looked it up in the Greek text this morning. When Jesus said, truly I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Both of the yous are singular. In other words, Jesus was not saying to both of the thieves, 
Today you will be with me in paradise. He was saying to the one thief, today you will be with me in paradise. That's significant. That when we come to the end of our lives, Jesus speaks very personally to us. Jesus was so conscious of his mission on earth and had to accomplish it. And he could have called upon legions of angels to come down and and lift him up and take him off the cross, but he willingly submitted himself to that cross. We know that. He willingly submitted himself to those nails. And one of the two men that died on Mount Calvary that day got it. He got it. There were three crosses on the hill called Golgotha that day. There were three crosses. They probably were all made from the same wood, those three crosses. They were probably all made by the same carpenter, those three crosses. And the wood that he had found probably came from the same forest, those three crosses. But the purpose for which each of those crosses served was so radically different, wasn't it? Three crosses, same wood, three purposes. What a parable this is for our own lives. All flesh and blood we are, humans on this earth, and yet our lives can serve such different purposes. When we look at those three crosses, we see one cross was a cross of rebellion. And on that cross, there was a man who was dying in his sins. He was a man that refused to acknowledge Jesus as the one who could save him and refused to even recognize that he was receiving the just reward of his punishment. A man that was dying in his sins. A cross of rebellion. There was also a cross on the hill that day of repentance. And that man, on that cross, there was a man who was was dying there And he was a man who was dying to his sins. How did he die to his sins? Well, he died to his sins because, first of all, he recognized that he justly was receiving what he deserved. But then beyond the justice, he looked to the man next to him and realized and saw in that man the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, who alone could give him the mercy needed to overcome the justice that he was sitting under. He died to his sins. It was a cross of repentance. And then the third cross was was a cross of redemption. And only one person, one man, could ever hang on that cross, and he hung on it that day 2,000 years ago. It was the cross of Jesus, a cross of of redemption. He was not hanging there in his sins, for he had no sins. He was not dying there to his sins, for he had no sins. He was dying there as sin and for sinners. Cross of redemption. Jesus indeed could have saved himself that day, but then in that light, he would never have saved others like you and I. Isaiah 53 says, In verse 11, out of the anguish of his soul, many 
praise God, many will be counted righteous, for he shall bear their iniquities. He was poured out unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, it says. There was only one cross of redemption, and Jesus hung on it. And there will only ever be one cross of redemption. But each of us chooses daily which cross of the other two we, we live daily by. Each of us chooses daily whether we take up the cross of rebellion or whether we take up the cross of repentance. Which one have you taken up today, the cross of rebellion or the cross of repentance? The one by which God has nothing to do with. Jesus had nothing to say to the other criminal that day. He only spoke to the one who was hanging on the cross of repentance. Many years ago, I heard a story by an old Welsh preacher by the name of Keith Price, a, a wonderful and godly man. And Keith Price told us a kind of a parable about a bamboo tree that lived in a forest near a village. And every year, the woodsman would go out to the forest, and <clears throat> early when this little sapling was young, this little tree had the desire to be something great. And the woodsman looked at that tree and thought, this is a promising young tree. The next year, the woodsman would come back out to the forest, and he, he saw the bamboo tree again, and it was much taller, and this bamboo tree so wanted to be the tallest in the forest. The next year, the woodsman came back, and, and now this bamboo tree was, was almost up to the top of the rest of the forest. And he so wanted to be used. And the woodsman would say to him, if I'm going to use you, I'm going to have to cut you down. The bamboo tree couldn't believe his ears. Why would, why would he have to cut me down? He wanted to be useful. He wanted to be the tallest. The next year, the woodsman came back, and now the bamboo tree was the tallest in the forest. And the woodsman said, if I'm going to use you, I'm going to have to cut you down. And again, the bamboo could not understand. No, he resisted. I couldn't, cannot imagine this. And so the woodsman went back to the village. The following year, the woodsman came back to the forest, and, and again, now the bamboo tree is way higher than all the other trees. And yet he realized there wasn't that much glory in it. And the woodsman said again, if I'm going to use you, I have to cut you down. And finally, the bamboo submitted and said, all right, anything but use me. And so the woodsman went to work and he cut the tree down. And then he took that bamboo tree and cut it into lengths. And then he took those lengths and he split them right down the middle into two troughs. And then he took those troughs and he went way up the mountain above the village and he found a mountain stream and he put those halves of the bamboo tree all the way as a funnel. He took that water and brought it right down to where the village people lived. And the bamboo tree was made useful. How is it that we are made useful to God in his purposes? You know that none of us are ever going to be useful to the Lord if we insist on taking up the cross of rebellion instead of the cross of repentance. None of us will be useful to the Lord if we will not take up our cross and follow Jesus, if we will not humble ourselves as Jesus did 
and submitted to the cross, though he could have called angels to deliver him. Will you and I willingly take up our cross to follow him? I want to read to you a poem that was written in 1987 in my first pastoral ministry in Eagle River near Dryden, Ontario. It was written by a man named Kent Brisson, and he shared it with us on the day of his baptism when we baptized him at Little Eagle Lake. Kent had been an alcoholic and had found an idea of God through AA and then he started to attend our church and one day he came up to me after the service and he said, I, can, I can't understand all this talk about Jesus. What's so important about Jesus? And we began to talk about Jesus. We got together and we started to study about Jesus. And then he began to understand the message of the cross and the importance of Jesus. And he became a Christian. He gave his life to Jesus. And on the day of his baptism, he said, he shared this poem, and the poem he called, My Cry for Help. <laughs> One terrible, dark, and lonely night, as I lay down, no hope in sight. I prayed to God, if you are there, then help me, please, I'm in despair. And Jesus, too, if you are there, if you can see the need I have to be set free from morbid thoughts, this misery, from booze, from drugs, from tyranny that rules my life, my heart, my soul, and keeps me from your precious goal. The days raced by, your light shone in. You eased my mind, you forgave my sin. What I had lost, you returned to me, my life, my friends, my family. You've given me peace and love and more, and now I know I'll never even the score. So I'll follow you, Lord, and give thanks each day, for the struggle is over, and I've found the way. Praise God. This man found the way. This man found the way. We've been talking this morning about the different promises of the cross. And the promises of the cross, like the ones that Kent found, are promises of forgiveness. That Jesus bore our sin in his body on the tree, and we can be forgiven. The, the, the promises have to do with freedom, that, that Jesus is our freedom from the wrath and judgment of God, free to resume friendship with God that we were created for. That the promises of the cross have to do with having a father, God as father, no longer as judge. Perfect last, love has cast out fear. And the promises also of the cross are forever promises. For what Jesus has accomplished at the cross will never, ever change. God will never look upon one of his children in any other light than his beloved children. And so this morning, as we transition and think about the table that we have set before us, the, the communion meal, the Lord's Supper, we're going to think about the promises of the cross. We're gonna think about the fact that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. You know, someone said that the world drinks to forget and Christians drink to remember. <laughs> That's what we do, we drink to remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so we're going to begin to uh, worship the Lord again now 
in song and we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, the communion meal. And if, if that is kind of new to you and you're listening in today, I want you to know that what we're doing today is something that Jesus said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And what did he say to do? He said, take, take some bread and break the bread and let it symbolize my broken body. And take the cup and let that cup and what you drink out of that cup symbolize the blood that was shed on my cross. And so we take bread this morning and we take the cup and we, we partake of the bread and the cup and we remember that it was Christ's body that hung on the cross. It was Christ's blood that was shed on that cross for our sins in our place. And what I'm going to ask you to do is if you, if you believe this message that we've been talking about this morning and you are trusting in the promises of the cross personally and you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then I want you to, to go and prepare this communion meal for yourself. You might be alone in your home. You might be with some other people, but it doesn't matter. We're not able to be physically together today as a church family, and so together spiritually in each of our places we're going to partake of the meal together and so what I'm going to ask you to do is go and get some juice or whatever you have to drink in in the house and get some bread if you don't have bread use crackers and go and prepare it so that at the end of these two songs of worship we will partake of the bread and the cup together and I will meet you at the table may God bless you Brothers and sisters in Christ, I hope you have had time to, to get some bread and to get the cup and are ready to partake of the meal together that reminds us and we remember what Jesus did on the cross. It says in the Bible that, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Let's give thanks to the Lord right now for this bread and cup and the reminder of what he did. Lord Jesus, we praise you for calling us to your table. It's not our table, Lord. We are not worthy to come to the table except for the fact that you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, have invited us. You have invited us because you've made a way to this table for sinners like us. We thank you, Jesus for making a way. We thank you, Lord, for the bread that we have in our hand. It represents the broken body of our Savior, Jesus, that we celebrate this day. And Lord, we, we take the cup and we have in our hand a cup that represents his blood that was shed on the cross that day so long ago. We thank you, Lord, for that historical event, that, that death that was supreme on which you place the significance of our eternal salvation. Lord, we thank you for Jesus, the Son of God. And we thank you, Lord, that you now live to intercede for us and you invite us to this table and we come boldly yet humbly and thank you for your namesake, amen. And now, brothers and sisters, would you join me in participating together in your homes by taking the bread and then partaking of the cup together. Amen.
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And so we have proclaimed today the Lord's death. Praise you, Lord Jesus, on this Good Friday. God bless you. It is always a special time on this day to gather like we've done today and remember Jesus. And before we close, uh, I'd like to just say three things. One is uh, someone from our church, Nikki Manuel, has created uh, a digital and uh, artistic version of some of the promises of, of God that we've remembered today from the cross. And uh, we would like to give that to you as a gift. And so uh, probably right about now, that's being posted on Facebook. And if it hasn't been, it will be soon on our White Ridge page. And it's, it's uh, two, two files. One of them is a five by seven, and the other one is a bookmark. But they list some of the promises of God that we have received through the cross that we've talked about this morning. And so we would love for you to, uh, to, to, to download that and to print that. You can hang it on your fridge or use it as a bookmark. Or you're also able to, to share that post if you want to share it on Facebook or wherever else with, with your friends as a way to express uh, your gratitude of, uh, to God for what he's done for you. Uh, the second thing is that we invite you back here on Sunday morning in the same way that you found us today online uh, for Easter Sunday. And we're going to be celebrating the promises of the empty tomb. We're going to be glorying in the empty tomb and uh, worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ who is risen and celebrating the life of victory that that has afforded for us. And uh, that's going to be a special time of celebration. So please, please join us then. And then finally, uh, just like we often have in our services recently, if anybody uh, this morning, right now, would like somebody to, to pray with you or to pray for you, uh, there's a number of ways for you to, uh, to, uh, to have that or to experience that. And one is to, to phone the number that you see on the screen right now, and that's 431-804-6764. And there are people there who are, are waiting to talk to you and would love to pray with you. Also, you can, you can click the Contact Us button that's on our website or our, our Facebook page, and that's a messenger, a confidential messenger uh, um, communication that, that we will see and can respond to in prayer. And finally, you can also email us at uh, prayer at whiteridgebaptist.ca, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's, let's join in prayer as we conclude our time together. Lord God, we have so much to celebrate in the promises that we have received because of what you accomplished on our behalf at the cross. And on this day, as we have this time together, it's a solemn time, and rightly so, because so much was sacrificed. It was a heavy, unbelievably heavy burden that our Lord war on our behalf at the cross so that we might be free. And so we remember that today. And I pray, God, that you would teach us, show us how to live our days in such a way that we don't stray so far from that heaviness and that remembering to forget it or to, to lose sight of the beauty of the life that we have because of what happened there. And at the same time as that, I pray that you would show us how to live our lives with joy because you have set us free to live for you 
and to love you with our lives because you loved us in your death. And I pray that you would show us how to do that in a way that honors you and spills out to the world around us for the sake of your kingdom. Thanks for meeting us here this morning. Thank you for your love for us. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.